Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi, Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Reckless Attack, a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. Yeah. Woo. Nice. I really ran. I, I went a little too breathy with it, and I really ran out of steam right at the end. <laughs> I'm sure that some really listener, ran out of yes, air at the end of that. My podcast. Hey, I'm DM Nathan. I am your dungeon master of ceremonies here this whenever you're, I was going to say evening, whenever you're listening to it here on this hopefully lovely whatever day you are also listening to our podcast, joined once again by the excellent players here around the table at Reckless Attack Studios, the premier producer of 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast content. For starters, I would like, let's all just, you know, before we rush in, Let's introduce ourselves. To my right is... Hi, everyone. My name is Steve, and I am playing Selv Esterlin, the dragonborn monk, who put a little pause in between uh, the, the first and last name <laughs> there for... Esterlin. Yes. Selv Esterlin. Uh, just for do for clarification and enunciation. And, you know, uh, Selv's, uh, Selv's looking forward to taking a dip in either the uh, waveless... The waveless lake. lake. Mm-hmm. Waveless lake, or... Perhaps the pond back at the guild hall. Hot spring. Thank you. <laughs> Not a Hot pond. spring back at the guild hall. Yeah, exactly. Still covered in flour. And covered in flour mm-hmm. because uh, there was an air quote incident. Yep. Air quote. A natural one. Yes. A natural a, a natural incident. A natural one. <laughs> a natural one. And we're gonna we're gonna kick it diagonally across the table from me. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pals, Mango and Junior. And Checkers has spent the whole day making a life-size replica of Alareth. <laughs> has just been hiding in places, trying to spook people. And it's been the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how he's been spending his day. A day well spent. Yeah, it's festival day. It's, you can just do whatever you want, right? That's the whole point of the festival. There's no laws. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All of Checkers' crimes are forgiven, it's right? It's the purge, but, <laughs> but for wood carving. Yeah. I, I just imagine Checkers like springing out every so often being like, you just got... <laughs> and then, like you know, takes his gigantic wood carving yeah, and right. just else. slowly yeah. drags yeah. it. <laughs> Pay no attention to the frog behind the mirror. Uh, <laughs> Technically, Checker's crimes have paid off in the form of us winning the scavenger hunt. Yeah. So, That's, right? I mean, crime does pay. Right. There's yeah, a reason you kept him here this whole time. This. Checkers, you want crime? <laughs> hmm. And the person who is very approving of Checker's crimes. It's not. It's not me. No, <laughs> no one's. You looked. Out, at, yeah. You looked at me, but yeah, it was no, not me. No. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm David, and I play Casquin Brightmane, the Dwarven Warlock, who has now discovered a new hobby: fog collecting, <laughs> <In> collecting fogs. <laughs> God, I thought about that for days after our last recording of just fogs. Um, we we have discussed this. We pogs. may actually make some. Just <laughs> <laughs> I would like to note that Steve had no idea what pogs were. Yeah. And Which so is the most surprising. We talked about something Steve did not know about, and yeah, I was like, so my, I guess. known. My, yeah, my my age group, th- this is a little bit after my time in that the age group that would have played with it was, I was older than when they came out, I think. 
I don't know if we were even like oh. I feel like Oh, I got down with pogs. I fucked with some pogs <laughs> yeah. for sure. And don't isolate that because pogs can mean many <laughs> different things on the internet. Correct. Do you know it's like passion fruit, orange and guava? I didn't know that actually. Yeah. Uh, because Steve didn't know what pogs were, so we were Googling it earlier. It actually stands for It's a like juice yeah. brand and you used to play it with that brand of juice like caps, because pogs have been around forever. And you used to play with like milk bottle caps or juice caps. Is that real? Because I've had yeah. pogs. That is many according times. to the BuzzFeed article of what the fuck are pogs. I mean, that sounds like legitimate journalism to me. <laughs> so I'll, I will not question any further. Fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and across the table from me. Pog enthusiast. <laughs> Pog historian. Yeah. Sophie. Documentary. <laughs> Our next deep dive. <laughs> Um, yes, hi, I am Sophie, and I did play a lot of Pogs when I was younger. A Pog champ, if you will. Pog champ. (laughs) (laughs) I got David. (laughs) That was good. I knew that was going to be a Zang-specific reference, (laughs) and I got him. I play Valeska Carter, the rejected asterisk, I don't know what. question mark, question mark, question mark. Cleric of your kind of domain. Perfect. Again, flawless. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, everyone, we've had a very nice day so far, I would say, at the Day of Returning Festival in the Red City of Agmar. You have gone about your day. You have witnessed a few very interesting events, some rites, some time-honored traditions, and also you have collected pogs and gone on a scavenger hunt, which, you know, I think are all... And, and one. Yeah, and, that's true. And with a perfect Perf- score. Yeah, exactly. Little known prophecy, though, there's, you know, if anybody should ever get all parts of the scavenger hunt, a great darkness shall descend on the city. (laughs) And that's when the portal opens up. You guys, now you know you have several more hours until you really start needing to be, we'll say, aware of any sort of, we'll say, supernaturally attack kind of things that may or may not happen. Later tonight, probably in the darkness. So, you still have a little bit of time on your hands to do whatever it is that you guys would like to do, whether it is preparation, whether it is just like, hey, we are just going to keep relaxing, we're going to keep having a nice day and not giving ourselves too many tummy aches and going about our days accordingly. We zoom in. On, we will say just the four of you guys, Berga will have gone back to the guild hall to ensure that Taroth has not <laughs> is not doing something untoward. Untoward is the correct word, thank you. Towards the giant Skywell prize that <laughs> that Val received for perfectly counting the beans last time. Sorry, I just remembered that anytime Checkers places kazoo, I have to cast Lamaturgy. That's right. <laughs> Checkers has a kazoo. <laughs> I did forget about that, which is... It will come up many times yeah, in the episode today. It will not oh be forgotten, God. I think. I'm actually a little surprised you didn't bring one in. I'm oh. a little disappointed, <laughs> yeah. actually. I should have. All right, next time. Well, we can add that in post, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it just, I'm imagining an isolated just... Is, yeah. And then back this to is radio how we audio. spend our next amount of Patreon money is just getting composed kazoo music yes. for Checkers. Yeah. <laughs> a custom checker score only using a kazoo. Yeah, he becomes a, or, a kazoo virtuoso. Or or a uh, a checkers inscribed kazoo Ooh. that we could put on the merch sites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we zoom in on the four of you guys 
And I am imagining you guys kind of just like chatting, walking somewhere just through one of the busy festival streets of the of the Red City. And uh, I am imagining one of the four of you or multiple of the four of you are holding whatever the fantasy equivalent of a small-ish sized plastic trophy is <laughs> for your great glorious victory, oh, including your tickets. Val would for sure hold on to that. Yeah, trophy. that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I wasn't sure Selver- if it was gonna be a multiple people kind of thing. Selver Cass would have the tickets, but I- Val would want to hold the trophy. I think <laughs> Caskrin would have the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Dead vibes. Yeah. But it's like it's like, it's like, a, it's like a bundle of tickets. Like it's an armful of tickets. Well, no, so be one ticket specifically for the scavenger hunt for a show. Right. But then there are also like probably your prize, games. your oh, Chuck E. Cheese yeah, yeah, tickets yeah, yeah, additionally. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Right, right. I am I am holding on to the Chuck E. Cheese tickets. Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't want those tickets. Yeah. So, I want so my yeah, Chuck E. Cheese Cass tickets. has the Chuck E. Cheese tickets. Yeah. Self has the the tickets the for the performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about those tickets. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, Val so, is holding the trophy and also just constantly casting thaumaturgy on Checkers Kazoo. Checkers is play, both alternating between playing his kazoo and just like chucking che- jelly beans into the air and catching them. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot your jelly beans. <laughs> wow. We really, we really covered a lot of ground last yeah. episode. Yeah. A, lot, a lot happened. Uh, so the four of you are walking and you are chattering about your day about maybe what you want to do next, about, you know, reliving your glorious triumph when you guys catch sight of a familiar wooden face <laughs> that does turn and look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike wow, this the other really good. <laughs> 18 times that you have seen this particular wooden face. For the rest of the campaign, you will have to specify. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think I will, and you will. I will forget, and then you will just, with a huge shit-eating grin, grin look over me, at me and be like, which one? <laughs> and I know it, and I'm going to walk into it, and that will be fine. <laughs> the real Alarith P.I. Tree Guy is leaning up against a nondescript building, looking in all of his uh, fine trench coterie. <laughs> a a trench coat. A tree. <laughs> Have we made that joke? I can't remember. No, I, don't I don't think so. That's a, good that's a fresh joke. That, that, was, was, that, that was jokes. Yeah. That was courtesy of my friend Jeff. So <laughs> thanks, Jeff. <laughs> thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. And he uh, he kind of gives you guys, you know, does one of those where he runs his finger along his uh, fedora brim <laughs> and gives you guys a little salute, waving you guys over. Val enthusiastically waves back and walks over to him. Wow, I didn't know you can make the move. <laughs> oh, it's real. <laughs> ah, it's real. <laughs> what do you mean, it's real? Oh, I don't worry about that one. <laughs> and Val, Catherine just goes, Val like, just like, it's funny if you don't know. scans the crowd and points to that as he sees uh, the very top of fake Alaric. <laughs> <laughs> it's just always somewhere. Oh, Checkers, I I think Checkers has just like excused himself for like a minute every twenty minutes yeah. <laughs> and moved it. And somewhere. Moved it. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those things in TV shows, like in sitcoms, where like in Psych, there was a pineapple in almost the in the background of almost every single shot of yeah. the entire yes. show. Yep. Now there's just oh, what was, yeah, you will like, be somewhere on another dimension, mm-hmm. and there will somehow be. An Alarith carving. No, this is this is gonna be like the angel where like you just look around, like you look behind you and it's there. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no not the weeping angel. So. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he he looks over at at the carving and kind of squints and then looks back at you guys and just kind of shakes his head. It's been a great day. It's good to hear. 
How's uh, how's everyone holding up? Great, you're on the scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly well. It's been a, a relaxing day, which is, you know, what any of us could really have asked for. It's great to hear. I heard you did good work outside of the walls the other day. Sorry I wasn't there to greet you. I had other matters to attend to. But glad you all seem to be in good spirits and uh, happy and healthy here ahead of what we think is happening tonight. Are you sticking around for later tonight, Alareth? Are you going to be here? Well, I haven't decided yet. It's a tricky thing. The four of you know where you need to be. I haven't seen this creature. So does that mean that I should be there? Does it mean that I shouldn't be there? Does it mean that I just wander these mean streets of the Red City and see where these tree stumps take me? I don't know. I don't know. But no, I'm sure I won't be far. You could help, uh... <laughs> Triage... <laughs> Val, Val politely like stuffle, like puts a hand over her mouth to like stuffle laugh because unsure how tree related humor is received. He looks at the other three of you and he says, "I, I'm sorry. I thought you guys were taking it easy. Did Selv get more wisdom damage, or <laughs> what's what's happening here?" No, this is well, fine. Sometimes S- Selv just kind of well, yeah. yeah Selv just kind of looks at him, still half covered. Yeah, in flowers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like I said, it's been a great day. (laughs) There was an incident with a Goliath. We'll take care of him. No more information needed. Thank you. I'm glad I ran into you all. I've just been, again, wanted to check in, see if there was anything you needed, any questions, any, anything that you need these last few hours, whatever they may be. I understand, and sorry to bring the conversation down a bit, that your client has a need for privacy but can you just outright tell me what his fear was cause it's I'm not picking up what you're putting down it's driving me a little bit insane curiosity's killing the cat well broadly speaking we I don't know for sure he has continued to be cagey and he's my employer and so I know I know when to stop asking questions if you know what I mean mhm my best guess, based off of who he, she, they may be, I think it was some sort of a manifestation of, well, because it was, it was, it, it was as if they were being they're disemboweled. My best guess is that it was actually a fear of going hungry, of of something, of poverty, of... I'm not sure. But that's my best guess. But okay. he hasn't found it useful to tell me. Fair enough. Thank you. Have you heard any reports during the festival of anything else odd happening? Any incidents? And I ask because we suspect this thing was summoned here. Mm. And I'm wondering if there's anything that needs to be done maybe to complete the summoning, complete the ritual before tonight. He kind of uh, strokes whatever mossy facial hair that he has, and he looks over at you and he says, "Ah, it's hard to say. 
Not that I'm aware of. I read the same reports that I assume you did, that Val wrote up, that the town guard wrote up. And I think at this point, we don't know enough to say. I'm asking if you've heard anything going on today. Any rumblings, anyone, you know, any whispers, any gossip of like, hey, that was weird. Or like, where these uh, four guys go? I don't know. <laughs> well, if you know me, I like to keep an ear, ear on the ground to whatever's happening here in this red city of ours. And not that I've heard. Okay. I'm trying to keep in contact with the town guard. We're working together on this to an extent, as much as my profession allows, of course. But they haven't said anything. I think they're being tight-lipped to ensure there's no, we'll say, problems with causality mm-hmm. Sure. later this evening. In fact, I assume that whoever is there on the ground... Wherever this is happening, we'll be able to tell you, but my guess, they probably haven't even told all the members of the town guard yet that there's going to be an attack tonight. Right. That does make things complicated. That does. Yes. Yes, it does. I, I don't envy those guardsmen, but that's why I like to stay independent. I'll let you four get back to your day take care of yourselves I'll be around and he gives you another one of his little fedora kind of salutes (laughs) and then steps backward into the wall of the wooden building that he's been leaning on and do we hear somebody like gasp (laughs) (laughs) you see Alareth jump out a window (laughs) that's not canon maybe it is I don't know we'll see (laughs) The four of you have gotten that little bit of information and check-in, but you know no no attack has happened. You still have several hours even before sundown. And you also know, for those of you who are interested in the Ember Sage Obelisk Rite, there are two more opportunities probably today around sunset and again at midnight at the end of everything. When you say the end of everything... <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it, Steve. I think that really makes our, our the outcome of our combat put in context. Yes. You know? Yeah, exactly. So, knowing you guys have a couple more hours, what would you like to do? As we end the conversation with Alarith, Val turns to the group's like, speaking of being around, where did Etrus go to? He just disappeared, and I feel bad that I just realized this. I have not heard anything explode. Recently, I thought he was supposed to be man in one of the booths or something. Wasn't he volunteering today? Did anyone hang out with Etris for any length of time over the last couple of days? Val would have for sure made him come into each meal, right? And like caught so, up so I guess, and chatted. I guess yeah. For, yeah, if he stayed for any meals, then we would have because we yeah. kind of eat together. Perfect. Well, and I think especially with the high passive uh, insights that are among this group with all the wisdom characters, um, you would have noticed, and maybe this is how it came up, uh, you would have noticed that he was in his weird shed even more than usual <laughs> the last several days. Um, in fact, you, like you said, you really haven't seen much of him other than when you have dragged him out for a meal or brought it out to him or needed, I don't know, some sort of like 
horrible alchemical <laughs> errand done. Oh yeah, no, I'm I got I got big plans. Big plans for that day. For the day of returning. Can you please be more specific, Etris? And say it in a less creepy voice, please. <laughs> deeply appreciated. He says, Well, you know what I got? You know what I got cooking? Well, I'm not gonna tell you specifically what I got cooking, because I like surprises. I am going to enter into the fair of progress. Oh, Ooh. that's awesome. Ha. So I will be spoken for that afternoon, and then I will be showing off my latest and greatest concoctions. Interesting. Interesting. Any can hints, a, clues, a, a teaser? You and anyone who is around will find it quite incendiary. <laughs> I love the opposite reaction of Checkers and Valhead to that statement. Pure, unadulterated delight. Deep concern. Yeah, and I'm just imagining, other than Checkers giggling, just like a moment of stunned silence at the table. And And then then Checkers and Etris just... High five. Yeah. <laughs> we have our own secret handshake at this point. Yeah, and then and then we snap cut back to the present. So <laughs> so that that is where Etrus has been. He has been at the Fair of Progress, which actually is probably getting close to winding down. Val right immediately now. remembers that and is like, I we gotta go. We gotta there's like a finale showing, and that's the last one we can catch. Anybody wanna see an incendiary performance by Etrus, we gotta book it. Val looks at checkers. Yeah. Uh, oh, I know a shortcut. <laughs> Great. Let's go. Look back at Cass and Cell. Is, is everyone going? Or do you have other things you'd like to do this afternoon? Uh, yeah, Selv will go. You would have time. Of, it's ending of, soon, yeah, but out, okay. out of concern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, out, yeah. I want I want to see it, but I'm more just like if Etris blows something up, maybe we can like fade into the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> you're not up. Yeah. You're not in the yeah. front row. Yeah. And He's not wearing his guild badge, is he? <laughs> <laughs> well, no identifying marks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Selv is mostly going because he has a, a limited ability to control fire, control flame uh, just a little bit. So maybe if anything does seem to be going wrong, he can fix it before it becomes a <laughs> yeah. giant problem. Yeah, Checkers, you have control water, right? Uh, Yeah. It'll be fine. You, I trust, you, I trust yeah. Etris. You yeah. won't, yeah. but yeah. you have it. Why would I want to stop what's going on? That also just reminds me, and I think Pathfinder, there are rules about alchemical fire where if you put water on it, it explodes. <laughs> like it or, does or not go spre- out. Or spreads. Yeah, or spreads or something. But I'm sure it'll be it'll a be totally, totally normal I'll thing. totally put water on it, you know. <laughs> so the four of you guys race over to the museum square, which again is this really grand courtyard actually it's one of the areas that you guys walked through as you were entering the city for the first time the museums are there and right now it is absolutely packed filled with different carts and people hawking their wares and there usually is a lot but there's even more here and you get various wafts of all kinds of delicious and terrible smells there is always time to stop at one of the many franchise stalls of Pete's Beats. I was gonna say among the many smells, certainly, and again, maybe you don't even see it, but it all assaults your senses <laughs> in ways that you can almost taste it. You certainly get the scent of a Pete's Meats stall at least once, if not four to five times across your even shortcut journey through the city. And you arrive to the square, which again, absolutely 
packed with all the different mortals that you have seen and really highlights the amount of people and the diversity of people here in the Red City, all milling around, and many of them turned to a big stage that has been erected temporarily. As we walk through, Val does stop at a Pete's Beat stall and gets like the special festival variety pack, one Ooh. each for everybody. So we have like, you know, like jerky popcorn yeah. <laughs> to eat while we watch. Uh, and that this is spectacle. exactly what it is branded. It is branded as jerky popcorn, and it is <laughs> it is popcorn and pieces of jerky, roughly the size of pieces of popcorn. And it's one of those where like the fl- how does this work? But god damn it. He did it again. (laughs) He did it again. And without going too into it, Pete 100% remembers all of your names. (laughs) And is like, Gilders, hello. Hey, hey there, Gilders. What can can I can I interest you in some free samples and some of this and some of that? And somehow you've walked away with even more dried meats than you intended. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you all you all roll up now with pockets full of jerky (laughs) as the gods intended. Our pockets full and our hearts full. Exactly. And pockets full and hearts clogged. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not yet. You haven't eaten all the jerky yet. Soon. And you see up on this stage, there are, you know, kind of like an MC person. And there are three individuals who are all standing. One seems to be an elderly gnome who is standing next to what appears to be a giant metallic bull that is just standing there and kind of like doing a weird, you know, like video game idling animation. Where oh, it's like, like where like the bounce in Mortal Kombat kind of thing? Exactly. Where it's just kind of like, again, it's idling a little bit. I would like to try and slip away. <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. I would also like to say that Kaskrin is keeping a very close eye on checkers as we are <laughs> moving closer to this. Oh, my God. Uh Normally, I would be assisting Cass in this, but there's about to be a science spectacle, so Val's eyes are only for the stage. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, I'm just imagining Checkers as like a leash kid. <laughs> <laughs> just attached to Cassgrin. She says the whole time, like trying to get the leash yeah. off. Just like, yes, yes, I'm not going to do anything. Come you on. S- you spend 10,000 gold pieces <laughs> with like a fucking runic, like emblazoned. <laughs> Harness, Harness yeah. for checkers, exactly. <laughs> There's also a little backpack on it. Yes, <laughs> to Bjorn it. You also see what appears to be a half-elf woman who is standing next to a large planter, basically. Kind of a long rectangle of different heights of like wheat or some sort of like grass kind of thing. As the MC is kind of like talking and getting the crowd up and interested, she's doing a demonstration of pouring something and then casting a spell over all of these things. And you see all of these crops grow and keep growing and keep growing to the point where they like bust out of their little planter thing and the crowd like goes wild. And you also, the third person you see there. Is Etrus. Hey, Etrus. And Val like runs up to the front and just like waving. Like, you got this. Uh Etrus absolutely sees you and does the same energy. Like ignores yeah. and just like, hey, hey, it's I'm I'm up here. Val's like double thumbs up. You got this. Yeah. And by that time, like the MC is like wandered at him and is like trying to get his attention. Excuse me, excuse me, uh, sir. Val sir. like points the MC like you got it, I know, I'm here. I'm up on the stage. Val, the I know. MC. 
And eventually you make it clear to him <laughs> and he turns around and is like shaking, like actually jumps and uh and he's like, Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh Val slowly backs up now. Uh, <laughs> yes. You actually see the other two stand there, but you see the MC also starts backing up, and probably you guys, you four more than anyone else in the audience would notice that. And everyone else just seems to be like, yeah, this is cool. And you don't see Etrus is not standing up there with anything. He just has his kind of usual belts and whatever. He is not. He The only thing he has done to dress up for the occasion is he is wearing a little bow tie. But his usual like grimy work outfit. So I imagine as we've kind of <laughs> like all taking a couple <laughs> steps back, Kaskrin has been like paying really close attention, like hearing the ground around him and like paying attention to the footsteps and looking for like <laughs> one particular like flop, flop, yeah. flop, flop that's still just like hitting the, the ground around him. And then as we all are like moving backwards, like he gets confused. And then once everyone stands still, he can't hear. There's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. He can't hear Checker's footsteps anymore. He just looks around like, damn it, Checker's. <laughs> Jonathan, you, I am fine. It is busy enough and all eyes are up on this stage. You can have checkers at any point that you deem appropriate. Yes. Jump in wherever, however, and whatever. Cool. <laughs> Why ever? Yeah. Whatever. Whoever. Reason. I don't yeah. care. And Etris does a couple of like dramatic hand flourishes, just kind of like trying to play up to the crowd and seem fancy. Val will, as he does, like the the Vanna White to the right, to the left. Exactly. Like, Ooh, ah. <laughs> uh, you and six other people around you were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh. Val is actually trying to be like a hype woman right now. <laughs> she like starts doing it and just by herself, and then she like tap, like hits Casper and himself on the shoulder. She also casts thaumaturgy to make it sound like more people are doing it. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, ah. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> and. Etris, in a very dexterous flourish, pulls out a small vial, like almost from up under his sleeve, like a magic trick. And he's just holding it and then presents it to the crowd and kind of like wiggles it, like enticing, like, ooh. And then, and then Selva will kind of uh, uh, look down at, at Val and just say, that is small enough to worry me. <laughs> he just smells it like a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> and... He dramatically pops the cork and goes to drink it and then stops for a second and then looks down at Val and then takes another potion off of one of his, um, you know, like, uh, what are they Bandolier. called? Bandolier, exactly, and chucks it down to you. And he's just like, for one, one sec, you'll get one sec. And then fucking just slams it like a <laughs> shot and just like drinks it down. And you see him very dramatically freeze and wait. And the whole crowd just like pauses. And just at the point where you, everyone is like, oh, thank goodness. Nothing is, is happening. Wait, isn't, yeah, exactly. Where it's like, <laughs> well, wait, is this what's happening? <sighs> Etrus is consumed in eldritch purple flame <laughs> and it is this giant like not full column of fire but just explosion and people like you hear the crowd go ah and like avert their eyes for a second and they eventually everyone kind of like looks back over and you see that etris is 
is is like the human torch, but with purple fire, and is just like standing there in the same position. Looks around at everyone. And is like, ta da, y'all! It's uh, ha ha. Now, now carefully stows the potion that that Etris gave her, and just like starts wildly clapping <laughs> and casting thermometry to make it sound like more people are going insane and then, too. And like, it it yeah. takes like Casimir's like, and then he starts clapping slowly. Yeah. It's like, am I supposed to be concerned? Is this or good like, or is yeah. this bad? So <laughs> everyone has now taken several steps back now. And you can see that on the stage itself are starting to form little like smoke footprint trails as he's just is like, kind of like chaotically throwing Etris limbs around <laughs> and like showing off. And then eventually you start to feel heat like generating more and more. And then he like looks at his hands and then he extends them out over the crowd. And then just two like Hadouken fireballs <laughs> shoot out. And he's, you can just hear over all of this, like, and he just starts boom, boom, shooting them out all over the place. And all you can hear other than gasps, occasional applause, and probably a few people who are like, we should get out of here, yeah. <laughs> is Etris cackling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is perfect. I would like to say, joining Etris cackling in the background would be Checkers standing on top of the mechanical bull. <laughs> just like as it's trying to shake Checkers off, Checkers is more or less just like standing there just staring at Etris also just like... <laughs> it's, it's the Checkers Elmo gif right. with the fire in the background. And he just like keeps shooting things off and the flame keeps growing bigger and bigger. And it starts to get to a point of like, <laughs> oh, hold on. So, uh, oh, Selv has stopped with a small handful of the jerky popcorn, just kind of like partly into his mouth, yeah. <laughs> and is just kind of like staring at Etris. <laughs> I, I, um, uh, um, Selv, Selv, I think it might be time to throw this. Uh, you're better at throwing things, and Val will hand. Sell the vial that Edris tossed. Yeah, and it's like, well, and it's not even a vial. This one was like a pretty robust thing that he passed to you, like a full softball size. And at this point, too, like, Cascron has, like, kind of stopped clapping and is, is like, actively (laughs) concerned. (laughs) Because, like, not only is he, like, endangering the crowd almost, but, like, Cascron's also starting to get a couple flashbacks of, like, this has happened before. Yeah, yeah, right. This is is very familiar. He has seen people be immolated in not super fun ways. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But Etris remains cackling. But as you were like, we need a plan, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, super suddenly, as suddenly as it turned on, the fire is gone. And all that remains nah. is a lightly clothed Etris <laughs> whose skin is clearly like singed. <laughs> and he just like freezes. And like immediately goes from a hundred miles an hour to zero miles an hour, and is like, "Oh, ta-da!" <laughs> and actually, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound a very weird, but Selv looks and is what Val is what she is holding. Is that a salve? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't know. What you do see is Etris starts kind of doing that thing where you have like sunburn and don't want to move any of your joints. Mm -hmm. And as people are presumably like, yay, Yay. starts like 
walking off the stage and making like fervent eye contact Val- with, with Val. And Val so. like runs up to Etris and like helps him off the stage and is like, "What do you need? That was awesome, but like you look hurt." Just the potion. Okay, so, so. okay, I'll uh, uh yeah, I'll t- I'll Wait. take the potion, uh, undo it, and then just kind of like put it up to his lips. No, just just kind of a. A dump general, over? Yeah, a general okay. dumping would I will, be great. I will spray wait, her, you know, some of wait. the water. Where's Checkers? <laughs> he was on top of the mechanical bowl. <laughs> Checkers. Checkers! Yes. Hi, it's me. Yeah, it is me. Checkers. That was awesome. And he puts his hand out and like <laughs> just lightly touches your face. Did I look cool? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Science, bitch. <laughs> and then he just like that was awesome. collapses. <laughs> and that is Etris's entry. Yay, Etris. Did he win? No. <laughs> By no means. No. And you guys wouldn't know this, but spoiler alert, he does not win. <laughs> but he made it to the finals. What you was know? the prompt? Uh, just it was just anything? Yeah, so so yeah, you would know if anyone like, I assume this is something that at least Val would have been yeah. like. I need to learn about this. It is really just a kind of like an a, an exposition level where it's like, what's cool? Like, what have you working on? What's cool? Doesn't need to be like to promote the city or anything. It's just like, show us the cool stuff that you're working on. Some people from out of the city, some people from outside the walls of the city, all kinds of stuff come in just to show off the latest and greatest. Cool. I can only assume that because he was on stage, he had to have done this more than once before to get to this point. Correct. <laughs> so he probably or the- also for Etris, maybe not. <laughs> and and Kaskrin's like next to him as Selv is applying the the other potion with like actual deep concern, like yeah. just, just like really trying to make sure that he is as, as a fellow Gilder is okay. Yeah. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's all it's all in good fun, but like Etris, you're 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 gonna be okay, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna take care of you. I'm just imagining he has like only tatters left, if anything, just because we're a family show, and you see the only thing remaining is just his little Gilder pin, <laughs> just on his like on his barely there Hulk Bruce Banner t-shirt. Val will wrap him in like her cloak and just start kind of getting him together and we'll take him home. And well, and I would, I would, what would, what would actually happen also is that there would be some like priests from the church uh-huh. who would be like, Oh, we've, we've got him from here. We, there, of course, there's a medical tent. Like, right. Yeah. There is a, ex- precisely. It's like, Oh, you know, this isn't the first thing today. This isn't the first thing from him today. Yeah. We're totally <laughs> right. prepared. We can ensure that his, you know, he remains safe here for as long as he needs to, Heal. So yeah, you can leave him at the medical tent, and he's like gives you just like the Terminator two shaky <laughs> thumbs up as you guys uh, leave Bef- the tent. He's clearly a okay. Val leaves. She she'll just like go to his bed and be like, "You did look really awesome. That was very cool." And he he now is like barely conscious, mm-hmm. but like in in a happy way. And you see, he's just like smiling a little bit and just one single tear <laughs> goes down his cracked, <laughs> horrific skin. But you can, and like, and like lotiony skin now, yeah. I guess at this point. I, I wonder if he has one of those in a less um, self conflagration. I mean, I mean he might, of, uh, but why would he give, yeah. give that to you? <laughs> that sounds stupid. Please tell me this is the greater version and not the lesser version. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I can only imagine what the do fire on him potion we have is now. <laughs> do fire on Jonathan, him. Jonathan do fire slash on checkers yeah. knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Not going to tell you. <laughs> yeah, find out for yourself. So, what else would you guys like to do with your day? If anybody else would like to go with, I am going to go to the Waveless Lake. I'm okay, actually. I have a, a bit of spectating that I want to do, probably for the rest of the, the afternoon. What are you going to do? There is a self-defense contest that's been going on, so I might just hang out there and kind of... I don't think I'll participate, but I want to at least watch the contestants, see if I can see what's going on. I, I suggest we meet back at the Amber Sage sunset. All right, so we'll see you then. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength in diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hi, everyone. David here with The Mineral. We hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. If you want more of the Reckless Attack crew, come join the community on Discord. The link is in the show notes of the episode and on our website, RecklessAttack.com If you want to support the show, head on over to Patreon, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback series, as well as our new series, Reckless A Snack, where we eat snacks and chat about the question of the day. As always, if you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it too. Thanks so much for listening, and now, back to the episode. At the Waveless Lake, there is a small line of people leading out the wall, out the gates of the city to where the docks are. And I, we haven't gone too much there on air, uh, but I know Checkers has spent a little bit of time there. And it is your usual fishing docks, basically. There are stalls for vendors, for people who are selling fish, that sort of thing. And um, But there is a small line there, and at the head of this line are a couple of priests who are all kind of wearing this white ceremonial garb. Most of them now are very off-colored because while it is waveless, it is still kind of a gross lake. And you see, as you guys are approaching, the priests are greeting the people who are kind of at the front of the line and leading them out into the lake and just kind of standing with them and talking with them and kind of being near them as they're doing this if they want. Some people put a hand in. Some people just stand there. Some people do a full kind of like dunking of themselves. And some people are going out for a swim and just kind of enjoying their time out there. No one's going too far out, but 
you see just kind of a nice, almost like ceremonial beach day. Self will wait in line until it's his turn. I don't know if Val is coming with. Oh, uh, Val is down for a ritual. She's (laughs) she's into this kind of thing. It's kind of her deal. So uh, so Self will be more inclined to move towards the group that looks like they are swimming. As he goes out there, uh, he'll stop and, you know, whatever the small ritual the, the priest performs, he'll go ahead and do that. And it's really just like as simple as like they greet you, they say, hello, welcome to the cleansing ritual. Would you care for an accompaniment out into the lake? Thank you, but I have brought my own. And I'll actually gesture towards Val. <laughs> Val is like, while Sel was like knee deep, Val's like, her head is only above water. Yeah. And just like, hi. <laughs> She's already in there. And I'm like, like hi. slightly treading. <laughs> and they just nod and say, of course, take your time. Thank and you. goes to the next person in line. And Sel will walk until he's probably about waist ish deep. And this is where Val is. Yeah, this is where <laughs> Val's just the top of her head. Yeah. Or like her, her nose and the, or her eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to look around specifically for uh, first of all kind of noticing the very odd no waves in in the waveless lake yeah and as you walk in and the water is undisturbed you can't even splash in it that's the like if you went and like swapped your hand at it your hand just like moves through it like there's resistance but it's like moving through an illusion or hologram if that makes sense as I just like move my arm to think about it. Yeah, right. We're all we're all lightly swimming as we're like, oh, what would that be like? Fucking cool, but trippy. Yes. And then Selv's going to kind of look around the lake. He'll turn to Val and say, "Remember what happened the last time I did this? Keep an eye out for lobsters." And then he <laughs> dives forward into the lake and just makes no splashes. Leaves Val chuckling behind. And then there's, and you can kind of see on the surface, just kind of floating there, is flower. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm even imagining as you're like, if you're just, if you haven't broken the water yet, there's almost, and Val, you can see this, there is almost a, like a water bubble over self. Where like, instead of it kind of breaking, like there's almost like a surface tension. Okay. Where... There, he's like a submarine, and there's just like a little, like an inch of water over him until he gets to a kind of certain, um, certain above the water, whatever anti depth, you know, yeah, gets the surfaces. You get it, yeah. Uh, until yeah, until that tension breaks on the exactly, uh, and then I'll I'll just swim out like fifteen feet or so, and then kind of like pop back up, and then just kind of like tread water and and kind of slowly breaststroke my way back. Before you do that, oh boy, I told you to keep an eye out for lobsters. <laughs> I keep an eye out. <laughs> uh, Val, as Self kind of emerges and is treading water, you see a large creature emerge. Vibe check behind him. Uh, it's the turtle. Hi, Sophie. <laughs> I, Sophie, passed that vibe check yes. and knew exactly what 100%. was happening. 100%. <laughs> so. Uh, Val will be like, Self! <laughs> and it's the door. <laughs> so, yes, Self, you hear from behind you your dearest friend in the city. Trankar, the war wizard of the Verdant Wave Adventuring Guild. 
And he says, Hello, Selv. Nice seeing you. Ah, uh, Trankar, it's been a little bit. Nice to see you too. How have you been? Oh, just settling in. How's your guild headquarters? Nicer than expected, I must say. That's good. End of sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Val chimes in. Hi, Trinkar. And just to set the scene, it is like his head and then a bit of shell is what you're seeing. And it just all slowly rotates (laughs) toward you. And you remember Val. Hi, Val. Hello. Are you enjoying the festival today? Yes. Val nods. (laughs) (laughs) This lake is strange, but interesting. And he just like, you see him sink like another like two inches where it's like just below his nose. (laughs) And looks at you guys. Mm-hmm. So, have you all had any jobs yet? We did have one. But it has been completed already. Wow. <laughs> what was it? It was a retrieval mission. That's pretty vague, Selv. I didn't know how much time you had. Oh, plenty. (laughs) It was a a retrieval mission for the Bones. They had lost one of their members out in the wild and were concerned because they had become... hmm, Val, mine, like, maybe too much. (laughs) Lost. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you're back. I am too. That's not really our kind of thing. So I'm glad you could help. What is your kind of thing, Trankar? And Val is like actively treading water because yeah. if, if Trankar is deep enough to be. Well, it's also one of those things where he's just kind of like floating, you know, and okay. just is like kind of intentionally being his. Val's, getting, so water. Val's burning off the jerky popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and Selv will move in such a way that he could have kind of his arm out if Val needs to actually like you know, <laughs> Wait, hold on to something. Can, can you like swish your tail over under the water so like it's oh, kind so of you, secret that yeah, she's sure. standing <laughs> on his tail? You mind like that to him? Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, he'll, 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 like he'll, he'll move, it, move his move his tail over so that she has something to uh to at least. Thanks, Selv. Oh. <laughs> he says, "Well, lots of things are our thing." We don't really like the undead. Well, I kind of like the undead. 
And the others are fine with the undead. Yanis doesn't like the undead. Some people don't like the undead. Does he have a particular reason? When Yanis doesn't want to tell you something, you just kind of say, okay. He does have that vibe. Agreed. Trankar floats back and looks at you, Selv, and says, Anyway, think I need some jerky. Bye. And he starts swimming to shore. (laughs) Just like Godzilla. And then I'll I'll just kind of shout after him, I highly recommend the Pete's Meats Popcorn. He slowly rolls onto his back as he backstrokes away from you and says, Thanks. See you around, self. Bye, Val. Val waves as I do it and forget we're an audio podcast. (laughs) Ain't that just the way. Over at the self-defense competition, you see quite a few different fighters. Um, You probably see a couple of off-duty town's guardsmen Mm -hmm. uh, who might be there, but at this point, it's been going on for some time, and these aren't really... It's not really a tournament. It's more of kind of an exhibition, if that makes sense, where it's just kind of like friendly competition, or not so friendly, but competition where it's just, let's test our skills against one another. Surprisingly, the one that you come across is maybe one that you might be extremely interested in, in that you see Yanis Varga and Kavos Pyrelighter of the Verdant Wave Guild sparring against each other. And again, there's no raised platforms or anything like that. It's really just like roped off areas. Yeah. And just kind of people milling about these. And there are several other ones, but that is one that you would note that certainly would stick out to you. Yeah. Kaskrin is walking towards the Red Keep field where the self-defense exhibition is being held. And he, you know, he comes across several different roped off areas. And as he's moving, you know, he's looking at the different fighters and some of the uh, kind of moves are things that he is Mm -hmm. recognizing. Yeah. And so he's looking around at these different fighters until he comes across Yanis Varga and Kavos. And he, he stays a respectful distance, but he is watching their fight closely. And he kind of makes it known like he puts himself in a position that both of them can see him Got it. watching their sparring. So it takes a little bit. They, they, they would eventually notice, but it takes a little while. And so you get to see a good hunk of time where it is just the two of them fighting. And they are like, as you were going around, obviously people are trying hard. They want to do their best, but also like, again, it's not a competition. It's just, let's, show off our cool fighting styles or techniques or some of these people try out for, you know, for guild work, for who Mm -hmm. knows what. Those two, there is an intensity to it. And you see that Giannis is in his kind of same battle regalia that you saw. Uh, Armor, 
gleaming sword. Like, he has his sword. It is not a wooden sword. It is nothing. It is his fucking sword that he is swinging against Kavos, who you have not seen fight yet. And you see he is just wearing a kind of simple pair of kind of lightly loose pants that are clearly able to move around quickly in. You see his clawed feet are totally bare on the ground. And the only thing that is kind of notable is he appears to be wearing a almost like metal and leather harness that goes from kind of the top half of his chest all the way down to his fists. So he has like iron and leather reinforcing all of his upper limbs. And at the end are these spiked brass knuckle kind of things. And he is able to like move and block Giannis's sword with these things and is like trading blows. And the two of them are, I won't say a class above anyone that you see, mm-hmm. but are clearly two of, if not the best fighters in this group. I imagine, you know, the other rings are like, you know, they're sparring, they're like pulling punches, but these two are, they're going for it. Like, like yes. you said, that intensity. And there is a crowd that's being built up around them as they're fighting. Um, Castrin's watching these two pretty intensely. Like, he is trying to study their patterns of movement and seeing if there's any sort of, like, if he recognizes any of the, the training that they've done. And it seems like Yanis fights in a particular way. Like, he mm-hmm. has been classically trained. But Kavos is, like, a beast. Like, his, his movements are random and unpredictable. And, and that's what, like, makes him so dangerous. Yeah, and even and you would know that Kavos must have must have had training. Like, yeah, to be oh, any well, no, but like, obviously, it's kind of like there was some connection between him and Selv and their schools, their training. Mm-hmm. But for you as a trained fighter to look and be like, I have no fucking idea what that guy is doing, and it seems like a like bestial, and seems all these other things. It would strike you as being so different than Selv, who is so disciplined, who is so precise in movements, certainly improvises, but it is a whole different class and shows how, like, strange and intense Kavos Pyrolider, the Red Dragonborn, is, and wherever he learned, whatever he's doing. And Castrin just goes up to some guy who's been standing there for a little bit and just asks, like, how long have they been going like this? Like... Dang. Oh. Yeah, no, this is, it's been like 10 or 15 minutes, I think. It's its incredible. It's Most other ones are like three to five minutes, and they are not like this. And again, this whole time you're hearing like clangs of steel against steel. Dust is getting kicked up. They're sliding around. Clearly they're starting to get fatigued, but are still absolutely just going at it. And Kaskrin, as he is watching them, he doesn't like Yanis, but... He has to give him a grudging respect. Like, all right, he is good. As you're talking to this person, you hear just a big clang and clatter of armor and steel hitting each other. And you look over and you see that Kavos has tackled Giannis and has his gauntleted fist pulled back, ready to absolutely slug Giannis in the face. And at the same time, you see Giannis has his sword 
up underneath his neck. And the two look at each other and get up and kind of nod at each other. And that is when Giannis Varga notices you notice him. And he sees you and he makes eye contact. And then he turns around and walks away. Mm -hmm. Jonathan, do you anything that Checkers would have liked to have done? And Checkers comes back with all of the wooden statues from the wood carving (laughs) competition. (laughs) No, actually. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I just was like. What if he spent the whole day stealing all of them and just putting them on the roof? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I have a garden now. It's it's wooden totems. It's a garden specific. of wooden totems. <laughs> and terrible. <laughs> so Checkers would actually spend the rest of the day as the sun is going down near one of the rooftops by the obelisk. The giant black obelisk mm-hmm. with the pyre and with just watching other people in the crowd performing the ritual. Mm-hmm. So he's watching them throw the jars into the fire and watching the green moats float up into the sky. And it's just kind of a, a it's like he's just kind of taking it all in. He's mm-hmm. surprisingly silent during this whole time. And he's up on the roof just kind of watching this for maybe a good hour or so, just watching and thinking. And Mango and Junior are by his side. Towards the end of the evening, when the sun is starting to set and he knows that everyone's about to go and meet up by the obelisk for the ritual, he would actually take off the one of the large necklaces that he wears. It is probably the most prominent one. It's got a number of bright shells and several large, dangerous-looking teeth that have all been kind of woven into the necklace and he takes it off and he just looks at it and he says in kind of a slightly distant voice you know mango this past year has been a lot of fun hasn't it no one to tell us what to do no rituals no training we get to do just whatever we want we're not going back right there's no reason to and he's just kind of staring at the necklace. I think it's time to give this up. And Mango just kind of stares at him. And he's just, both of them are just kind of looking at each other. And he pulls out one of the jars from the ritual. Mm-hmm. And he and Mango and Junior jump off the roof, yeah, ready to meet the others. Mm-hmm. Is everyone taking part in the ritual? If not, no worries. It is one of those things where not everyone does it. Some people do it. Some people do it multiple times across a day. Is everyone participating? Kaskrid would. He would, you know, after spending some time at the self-defense exhibition, also grab a pot. And he has been, like, kind of off to one of the sides. You know, he's got, like, a a journal. He's just got, like, a, a pad of paper, and he's been writing something down. He rips off that piece of paper and puts it into the pot and then continues towards the the obelisk. Val will also participate, but she has a tightly wrapped and wax-sealed scroll prepared that she will put (laughs) in Mm -hmm. the... She did her homework. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She has her own little pot. She walks up to Cass. She's like, I could have, like, written it down and sealed it for you, you know? Like, next time, let me know. 
but and Casperin, um, like if you want, like yeah. I'm not pressuring you, just like I do like calligraphy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he says, I didn't really know what I wanted to give up until just now, but That's I do fair. appreciate it, Val. Mm-hmm. You let me know, I'll teach you. Nothing says those rock cans can't have nice penmanship. <laughs> Oh, everybody's looking at me. I don't know. I don't know if you wanted to put something. I, I, I actually, I, I was just kind of going through and uh, trying to figure out what Selv would give up. Actually, Selv will take a, one of the urns, take a piece of, of parchment, and when he kind of meets up with everybody, he is in the process of rolling it, and it's, um, it's long and thin. So it looks like like he wrote maybe a, a few sentences on it and then is is rolling it up and placing it inside the urn. The four of you step forward toward this big pyre. The procession takes a little while, so the sun is already pretty much gone and is now turning into night. The four of you approach the giant pyre with all of its smoke all of its heat, the small green motes flying up into the sky and joining the stars up above you and the obelisk at the center of it all. Next to you, as the four of you approach, is Vina Calveta, the head of the Red Guard, who says nothing to you and looks at the four of you and solemnly nods. And as you look around, you see a nice, happy group of people. You see people who are just got done or maybe waiting in line to also throw their jars in. You see people who are sitting down to eat with their families, who are simply having a nice time here at the end of the day maybe ready to do one last thing or a couple more hours of things for this big festival and then you see familiar faces you see especially Kaskrin Fogrin Tablestone the dwarf you saved from the Mothman you see Harrison and Char the two town guardmen who helped you during one of your patrols against the Mothman. And you see others who you know are supposed to be where the Mothman strikes. And then you hear a bell ringing. We'll say it's 8 o'clock. It's a long summer day. Rixie has two sons. It takes a little while. <laughs> the bell tolls eight times. And you all become aware of something. And suddenly, you all feel partway through the bell tolling this stab of fear through your hearts where it's just a bestial panic. Time is slowed. You look around, 
and you aren't the only ones who are noticing. Some people are still laughing and smiling, others, especially those whose faces you recognize, are clearly feeling the same thing you are. And the bell tolls its eighth time. And then tolls again. And the four of you look up at the bell tower. And you see a dark, shadowy creature lit against the fire, against the moonlight. Bigger than you've ever seen before with a giant deer skull. And you hear another bell toll as around you in the middle of the square more shadowy creatures, more mothmen emerge from the shadows and more bells toll. And that's where we'll end the session this week, everyone. Uh, no! <laughs> oh, no. What, See you next week! What is bad enough? <laughs> <laughs> just uh say there's this lovely breeze happening yeah there's uh the beekeepers are out (laughs) in in agmar the proud long tradition that we've talked about in many episodes Mm -hmm. synchronized bee flight yeah (laughs) can there be a guild called the beekeepers oh that's a good one and they just actually keep bees the the issue would be well there would be a beekeepers guild but they would literally keep bees it's not weird enough to be an adventuring guild name. That's like it would fair. have to be yeah. Beekeeper flies through the rainbow moats and it'd be like, yeah, the bee moats. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Yo, you down with the bee moats? I'm down with the bee moats. <sighs> Is everyone ready? No, but get us started. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. The time is nigh. Before we get sidetracked. Always. always Speaking of sidetracked. No, no, no. <laughs>